so what's amazing this morning is after, I hope I get this right, correct me, those of you in the room, after about 15 hours and 20 minutes in the car, we have several of our Mississippi team who is here this morning. You guys are awesome. It just proves caffeine has wonderful effects, doesn't it, okay? It does. So now, big big thing, next Sunday they are going to be sharing. They have, they have the service next Sunday, so if you want to know how it went this week, more than just pictures and talking to them, which I would encourage you to do, please make sure you come next week and be a part of it. Now, for you watching online, uh, Pastor Ryan, who led this trip, he is uh, running our uh, live stream this morning. So in the chat, just say, hey, are you still awake, okay? Uh, just encourage him in that live stream as he's back there uh, taking care of that after all that driving and all that work all week. So, so appreciate that. Welcome. We're so glad you're here and a part of it. So we are in this series called Move, and the whole point of what we are doing is we are simply going through some familiar narratives. You've probably stumbled across these before in your readings, and we're trying to look for some new insight. And in doing so, we are kind of backing up and saying, where is this referenced in the Old Testament? Something called a remez, something that links what's going on in the current story that we read that we think we know to something going on in the Hebrew Scriptures or the Old Testament. And it just helps us give a deeper and richer meaning to Scripture, just helps to do that, and it helps in dry seasons. Because in dry seasons, that we need to know. That God is there, that God is working, and there's a deepness and richness in everything that we're a part of. So that's why we're inviting you to do this and kind of walking along, and hopefully you're learning something new. Hopefully you're diving into Scripture. Hopefully that when you read now, you're going, huh, I wonder if that's referenced anywhere in the Old Testament. Is there anything that kicks back to that? So that's what we've been doing. That's what we've been working on. And this morning is all about moving from chaos to peace. And the passage we're going to look at is where Jesus calms the storm. Now, there's several places where this appears, but we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. That seems to be a a more complete passage, maybe has more in it. So that's where we're going to be, Mark chapter 4. And you can follow along on the screen if you're watching online. And if you're in the room, you can follow along on the screen. You can follow along in your Bibles uh, as well. And as we're back doing, now the team is back, and we've been sharing devotions all week. If you'd like to... I sent out a request this morning for a Bible.com, a Bible app plan to follow along with the same thing this week. It's three days. Uh, so shoot me a friend request. We're not friends on the Bible app. And that will help you just, again, connect this week to the passage that we were reading and learning about this morning. So here we go. On that day, when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go across to the other side of the lake. Now, for you and me, we need to stop right there. For you and me, that's nothing. Okay, so we get in a boat, right, probably a motorboat, uh, something with a motor on it, we go across. That's not true for them. They didn't do this all the time. When they fished even, they only fished maybe at the most about 100 yards off from the shore. So you can always see the shore. So if you're reading passages such as after the resurrection where Peter sees Jesus, why can he do that if he's out in the middle of a lake somewhere, okay? He's not that far offshore. He sees Jesus. He jumps in. He swims ashore. So You just didn't go. There were certain sections you just didn't go to, and you didn't get in a boat and cross the other side. The Sea of Galilee is not so large that you just couldn't travel around it. So something's happening here that Jesus wants to do because he's asking them to do something they are not comfortable doing. 
And isn't that just the way God works? He wants us to do things at times that are uncomfortable. And we're like, no, I don't want to do that. I'd rather do something comfortable. And so they're in the boat, and they're following along. If you read this passage in Luke, Luke references the abyss. Okay, That's what they thought deep water was. It was chaos. It was something to be avoided. It wasn't something you went to all the time. So that's a key piece of information. So after leaving the crowd, they took him along just as he was in the boat, and other boats were with him. If that seems like it's written kind of weird, it is, because we really don't know how to translate it. In other words, there's an argument. (laughs) Uh, Jesus, really? No, no, Jesus, time out. Maybe you're new to the game. We don't get in a boat. We don't go across the sea. We don't do that. We travel around it. We do all sorts of other things, but we don't get in a boat and go to the other sea. And Jesus here almost has to urge them and say, I'm the teacher. I'm the rabbi. Get in the boat. Okay, that's really the language here. I'm the teacher, I'm the rabbi, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. And they're like, no, something bad's going to happen. Something always bad happens in the middle of the sea. So that's what they're thinking. The other problem is where they are going. And where they are going, If you, for those of you in the room, you see this map, they're going to the Decapolis. Jewish people didn't go to the Decapolis because in the Decapolis, in their, in their words, there were pagans there. Okay? They didn't follow their rules. They didn't worship their God, so they didn't go there. So not only is it a problem that they're going across the sea, it's also a problem where they're going. We don't want to go there. There's pagans there. Can't we just, can't we just go to normal people that we're used to? We don't want to go there. Now, something big happens there that we're not going to be talking about. You should look that up. Something big happens in the Decapolis that takes place. But you need to know that they were also resisting where they were going. Not only the method, we got to get a boat, we never go in a boat, we never go across the sea, but why do we got to go there? I don't want to deal with those people. But again, Jesus is going to make them feel comfortable because he wants to do something in and through them. Now, a great windstorm developed, and they're going, of course it did. This is why we don't go out in the middle of the sea, because this happens. You get a, snow, you get a windstorm, and now we're in trouble. And the waves were breaking into the boat. So the boat was nearly swamped. So this is bad. This is bad, bad, bad. But he, and this is Jesus, was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Is there somewhere in the Bible where we read about somebody in the middle of a storm on a boat sleeping on the boat? Yes, his name is Jonah. So you got to understand, what was Jonah resisting? Going to the pagans. So they are, they, are, they are fully engulfing everything that's going on here. And they're fully seeing everything that's happened. This is why we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be out in the middle. We shouldn't be going there. And then they begin to cry out. And what they say is really, really important. This is, this is a level of honesty that you and I need to have with our Savior, okay? Uh, they woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we are about to die? Now, can I just ask you to insert your current life experience in that sentence? Teacher, or you could say, Jesus, don't you care about me losing my job? Don't you care about these health problems I'm having? Don't you care about what's happening to my family? Don't you care about these issues I'm dealing with? Don't you care what's happening in my marriage? Don't you care what's happening at work? Don't you care what's it like at school? Don't you care? Just insert your P 
piece and your issue and what's going on currently in your life, just insert it there. Because this is church. This is a great place to be honest with Jesus. This is a great place to do that. And I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it is for you, but most of us are not used to actually saying something this candid, like, God might be offended if I say that. Let me tell you, when you're in a boat in the middle of the sea and you think you're going down, all of a sudden all the things you think sound offensive go away. And here they are going, don't you even care? What are you doing sleeping? We are going to die. And you're going to wake up and you're going to be at the bottom of this lake, okay? What are you doing? So I wonder, are some of you that desperate? You're willing to actually tell Jesus what you've been thinking. Don't you care about what's happening in my life? Don't you care about what I'm dealing with? Don't you care what's happening to me? And it helps us understand this is what Jesus desires for us to do. He wants to hear you say that to him. He wants to hear you say that. And it's okay to say that. It's totally okay. Because I want you to see what Jesus does. So he got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the seas, be quiet, calm down. Now this is really important because the words that Jesus is going to use are going to help us understand what our link back is in the Old Testament. Basically, he stands up and he says, hush. That's literally what he says, hush. It doesn't, you know, seize, quiet down, all, all the stuff you might think he says. Literally, the word is hush. And we might take hush a little bit further sometimes. If you've ever said hush a few times, we would then say the word shut up, okay? That, that's kind of, just, just kind of think of that. This is the nice word, right? Because the creator of the universe doesn't say shut up, okay? He says hush. And it all hushes. It all quiets down. The wind stopped, and it was dead calm. And he said to them, why are you cowardly? Do you still not have faith? In other words, Jesus is going, did your faith, like, get thrown overboard with the first wave? Did it, like, go off the boat? Because what's going on with you guys? What, what, what's wrong with you? Is the fact that I'm sleeping, did you think because I'm sleeping this happened to you? Is this what you think is the reason you're going through what you're going through because I'm asleep on the boat? Is that what you are thinking? That's the question he's asking. What happened to I am who I am? Peter, what happened to your great confession? That I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Guys, what happened to you? It just takes a little storm, takes a little wind, a few waves, and all of a sudden you're going, oh, we're doomed. We're doomed. It's over. Is that all it takes? We're where is it that you've been? Why have you lost sight of who I am and what I want to do in your life? Because this happens, come on, to every single one of us. It doesn't take much on certain days, does it? It doesn't take much on certain days for us to go, oh, well, there must be something going on in the world because God is paying no attention to me. Look what's happening in my life. That's what we automatically make these connections to. That somehow, when chaos happens, it's got to be because God's too busy to be uh, attentive to what's happening in my life. It's got to be. It's got to be. Okay? Because if God was paying attention, this would not be happening. If God was paying attention, all the things you listed before that you weren't willing to say, that, teacher, Jesus, don't you care about me that I'm going through these things? Are all the things that you think might happen because God somehow isn't attentive to what's going on. 
You think he's asleep. I think he's asleep. He's aware of what's going on the whole time. So they were overwhelmed by fear. That's the important word that we'll come back to later. They were overwhelmed by fear, and they said to one another, who then is this? Because even the wind and the sea obeys him. Now, you got to ask our question. The disciples know the text. Were they actually listening in school when they learned the Psalms? Because that's where we're going to be going today, back to the Psalms. Did they actually listen? And when they actually heard Jesus say the word, they went, oh, we've heard this word before. We've heard this word before. In fact, we've heard this word when it actually came to this exact situation about seas and water. We've heard this word called hush. So their response is, who is this? Is this really, is this really who we've been looking for? Is this really who we think it is? Is this really the person that we think he is? So what do they do? They go back to Psalms chapter 89. Now, they don't have their Bibles on the boat, and they're not flipping through it, okay? They have memorized all this. It's absolutely amazing how much they memorize. From probably five years old, they have been memorizing this. They have been learning this. Uh, maybe this was read one Sunday in synagogue, and they heard it. They have been learning this text. So this is where they could have been going back to. Now, follow along, because what this is all about the Lord. This is all about statements about who the Lord is. Oh, Lord, the heavens praise your amazing deeds, as well as your faithfulness in the angelic assembly. For who in the skies can compare to the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? So this is, this is David just praising who God is. Continues, oh, God, who is honored in the great angelic assembly and more awesome than all who surround him. Oh, Lord of heaven's armies. Who is strong like you? Oh, Lord, your faithfulness surrounds you. And here it comes. You rule over the proud sea, and when its wave surges, you hush them. Same word. Same exact word that they went back to. So you don't understand when they're saying, who is this? They're saying, this is the Lord. If they had any doubts before that, if they had any questions before them, for some of them, this further cemented it, and for some of them, it further answered their, their question, this is the Lord, because this is the one who is able to, according to David, tell the sea, hush, quiet, you've made enough noise, you've created enough, you've disturbed enough things, quiet, that's what they looked back and said, could this actually be the Lord, who is this? So, this is what I want you to think about this morning, as we kind of put all this together. Because this might be a story you read and go, well, isn't that cool? So I guess if I'm in a boat, in the middle of the sea, and it starts having a bunch of waves, that's the time I can call out to God, okay? That, that's not the point of the story. That, that, that's really not the point. The point is, what do we do when we're in chaos? Well, we're in chaos. For some of us, that's Tuesday, right? Maybe Monday's worse. So uh, whatever day of the week that is, that just this happens. Chaos comes in, and it shows itself at our work. It shows ourselves in, in, its, in our marriage. It shows ourselves in our health issues. It shows up constantly, and it so tries where we're at 
so tries what we think and who we think the Lord is. All that stuff is what creates so, for so many of us, we're wondering where God is and where his presence has been and why he's not there. Could it be that Jesus actually takes his disciples into a storm so he'll say, see, I was here the whole time. I was here the whole time. And it not this didn't happen because I was asleep. Okay? This didn't happen. Chaos didn't happen because I was asleep. Chaos didn't happen because I wasn't paying attention. I knew the whole thing the whole time. I am the Lord. Could it be that he takes him into that to further help his disciples understand who he is? And that when you and I walk into these chaotic situations in our life, this is just an opportunity for God to further cement. Do, do you know who I am in your life? Do you know I'm right there? Do you know I'm in control? Do you know I'm there for you? Do you know I, I got this? Do you know I know what's going on? Do you know I know what it was going to happen? Do you know I, I, I understand? I, nothing, nothing new happened because I was asleep. It wasn't because I was inattentive. It wasn't because there was a war on the other side of the world. Okay, It's not because of any of that. I knew the whole time. But he does it so we would understand. He lets us be in that chaos so we would know who he is. So could it be? That the chaos we face is an invitation to see Jesus for who he really is. Did you catch the word fear there? It said they had fear. When They had fear, by the way, when the waves are coming, right? Obviously, they're afraid then. And then they're afraid when the person in the boat, who is their teacher, stands up and tells them, hush, and they hush. By the way, it's the same thing that happens in the story of Jonah, if you've ever read through that. The, the guys on the boat are scared to death because it's a bad storm and they think they're going down. And they don't know what to do. What are we going to do? We're going down. This is bad. This is really, really, really bad. And so they begin to start, okay, who's at fault? Somebody's got to be at fault. And they figure out what? It's who? It's Jonah, right? Jonah, they wake him up. He's asleep. This is your fault. And he goes, yeah, I know. Throw me overboard. So they throw him overboard, and it's the same result hush. It all quiets down. And then if you read, it says the sailors were afraid. The sailors had fear. Wait a minute. They had fear when it started. They had fear when it ended. The disciples are in the same boat, right? They, they have fear when it starts, and they have fear when it ends. What on earth is happening, okay? It is because in the Hebrew language, you know, we have a hundred thousand words. I get a lot of them wrong, don't you? I don't even know what most of them mean, right? A hundred thousand words. Just let that sink in. That's that's a lot of words. Okay? For Hebrew, it's somewhere about four thousand, maybe as many as ten. That's a lot fewer words. Which means some of the words are the same, and it all depends on the context. The word for fear is the same word. Okay, it's the same word as meaning fear, I'm afraid, and fear, I'm in awe of something. So, so look what happens here. Okay, I'm afraid because these waves are coming in, and now I watch the guy get up and just hush him. I am in awe. I am in absolute awe. Okay, same thing in Jonah's day. Okay, he took a bunch of pagan sailors who don't even know who God is, probably had an idol on board because that's who they thought God was. Okay. 
That's who they thought their God was. And let me tell you, the idol went overboard with Jonah because all of a sudden they went from being scared to going, oh my. And they stood there in awe, in awe of the God who could do that type of thing. So could it be that the chaos is an invitation for you and me to move from being afraid to being in awe? Same shift that takes place. That's the same shift that takes place in their language. And we, I don't think of that, do you? I think of afraid, 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 and, and move, to, move to what? Could it be that Jesus wants us to move to awe? Oh, he does care. Oh, he is working. Oh, he wasn't asleep. Oh, he, he's been working all along. He's been doing. Now, isn't most of our problem is because uh, God tends to not answer our prayers the way we want him answered? Anybody, anybody there with me? Like, could you just do what I want you to do? If you just do what I want you to do, I'm certain, God, this would be a whole lot better. Except the problem is he is God, I'm not. And he knows he has a plan and a purpose in all of this. And so quite often, it is those moments where he's like, yeah, you know what I want to do today? I'm going to move you from being afraid of what's happening. Afraid of the doctor's call. Afraid of what the boss is going to say. Afraid of what's coming from school. Afraid, afraid, afraid. And I am going to move you to awe. Where you stand in awe of who I am and how I love you, and how I'm at work in your life. I just, I want to move you. And sometimes the best way that God can move us is in chaos. If we don't lose our heads and realize he's there, he can move us from fear to awe. From being afraid, not knowing what's going to happen, to, oh, oh God, you are in charge, and you are in control. He will move us in that direction and could it be that's what he wants to do all along could it be that's one of the things he'll use this broken chaotic messed up world for is just to move his children the people he loves from fear to awe all the time he'd love to do that for you he would love to do that for all of us if we would just let him do that so what if chaos is actually an opportunity experience his peace his peace why not because anything changed really but just because we move from fear to awe and in awe of who he is oh he really is in charge oh he's really got this oh he's really got a handle on this what if that's just an opportunity and i don't know about you i miss a lot of opportunities i miss them i miss them because i just want god to just just stop it all okay Stop it all, fix it all, and this is the way I'd like you to fix it, and this is the way I would like you to do it. And he's like, no, I got, I got something better I would like to do. I'd like to just move you and get you to move in your heart from all the fear you're experiencing to being in awe of me. So this is really my prayer for you today, that may you acknowledge the presence of Jesus in your life, even in the midst of chaos even if it's chaotic. And like I said, for many of you, I do not know your situation, especially those of you watching at home. I, I don't know your situation. I don't know where chaos has showed up this week. I do know it shows up, and it shows up quite often, doesn't it? And it shows up on all the wrong days. 
right? And it, it never schedules it for you. And I, I would really like that. Wouldn't you like an email? By the way, Ed, it's March 24th this week, okay? Chaos is showing up at the door, okay? And it's showing up at the door in the form of, okay, the car will break down, the watch will blow up, right? This, this will happen, okay? Uh, you're going to face this. You're going to go through this. Wouldn't you love that? I would love that too. And life doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And there's, there's no amount of anything you can do to change that. What you can do is rely on the God who can actually stand up in chaos and declare peace. And actually move us. Because I think for all of us, he just wants to move you in your situation. He wants to just move you from fear to awe. From fear to awe. And again, I, I, I don't know your circumstances. I, I know it could be a, a whole variety of things. I just know that's what he wants to do. I know what stands in the way quite often in conversation I have with people. Sometimes it's blame. Sometimes it's just blame. Yeah, but, but what does God want to do in you? No, but it's their fault. Yeah, but what does God want to do in you? God can't change. Forget them for a moment, okay? What does God want to do in you to move you in that direction? Sometimes it's blame. Sometimes we're just bitter about what happened. Sometimes we're just so down over what's taken place that, that we've just kind of keep shoving God away. And we miss those opportunities to do just that. So what's awesome is this morning, we get an opportunity to do that. The last song we're going to sing this morning is What a Beautiful Name. Okay? Uh, the beautiful name is not just, right, just when everything is working great and it's a perfect day. The beautiful name is it's on every day. So I want you to sing, even if you're in the middle of fear, even if you're in the middle of chaos, even if the waves are crashing into the boat and you're wondering what on earth God is doing and, and where he is in all of this, okay? I, I want you to sing this song in the midst of that, okay? And, and, and maybe you're like, well, don't talk about that today. Today's a really good day. It's all peace. It's all calm. It's all great, okay? It's probably showing up this week. I'm just going to tell you. It's probably going to show up this week on the day you least expect it, okay? So why, why don't you sing in preparedness for that day? that God wants to do is, is move us now, is just get us in the place now where we're not going to fear what happens. We're going to stand in awe of who he is, and we're going to declare what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. He works and moves and loves us so much and cares so much about our lives that he wants to step in and see us move from fear to awe and do that in the midst of all the chaos you and I face in our life. So let me pray for you this morning, and then we're going to stand and sing this morning. And I'm going to ask you to sing out and declare what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Father, this morning I can only imagine if we stopped and passed a mic and people were honest and people watching would would right in the chat what's what's happening with them, we would be quite amazed at just the chaos that was ex being experienced right now in this room. We'd be amazed at the diagnosis. We'd be amazed at the, the tests that are going to happen this week. We'd be like, wow. We'd be amazed at what's going on in some marriages. We'd be amazed at what's happening in people's workplaces.
we'd be amazed at the chaos. Because we can come in on Sunday, and gosh, we can just put on a smile, and it looks all good. And on the inside, chaos is raging, and we're, we're just in a state of fear. But this morning, we had a chance to move, and we want to move. And we want you to take us out of that fear into awe of who you are. That this week, if chaos isn't currently in our life, it will show up. And we're ready for it by declaring what a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. So I pray as we stand and we declare this this morning, you would start moving our hearts and lives. And you would start preparing us for what you want to do in and through you. We ask you to move us. We ask you, Father, it might be difficult this morning to say these words. We might not feel them because of what's happening. So we ask you to help us to declare them and watch as things, as just our mindset changes by praising you and worshiping you. Would you work and move in our hearts and lives? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.